Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Hello everyone, welcome to Crowd Church. Let me just check everyone's unmuted. So, it's a different host and different host today. Um, it's, my name's Dan. Um, I have been on Crowd Church before, but I'm stepping in for Matt. At his, he's at a wedding today. So, if anything goes wrong, it's, it's pretty much all my fault. I'm pressing the buttons and doing the talking. But to my, to my right on the screen, I've got the lovely Chris and Sue Holcomb, who are going to help me out Hi. and yes, help uh, answer questions. So people, please put your questions, comments, and we'll try to answer those. So today we've got um, the first in our new series called Origins. So we're looking at um, the Gospel of John. So it's the one of the four accounts of Jesus's life um, in, from John's view. So we're going to start right at the beginning and this series goes right through John's Gospel and then it goes through into the Acts of the Apostles. So what the, the new early church did, what they did with this amazing message. Um, so are you looking forward to this? Um, Chris and Sue, nice to have you with us. Yes, very much. Yeah, brilliant. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for taking part, and thanks very much. Um, we've got people in the comments. Got Matt, who's trying to trying to stay awake. Come on, Matt, you can do this. Got Dan Pryor. Um, here we go. Yeah, got a few people listening in. So I think let's um, start the talk. Let's listen to. This is from pastor of Frontline Church in Liverpool. So he's doing the first talk. We'll go straight into a worship song and then we'll come back and we will have Conversation Street and we'll have a talk. So as the talk's going, please feel free just to put comments up, questions up, and we'll try to answer them. Here we go. Great. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor a human decision or a husband's will, but children born of God. This is how a man called John starts his biography of the life of his friend, Jesus. Now, I wonder if someone, maybe a friend of yours, was to write up your life story, your biography. I wonder how they would start it. I suppose it depends a little bit on how well they knew you. Maybe if someone, let's say my brother, was writing my biography, not that he would, I'm simply not that interesting or exceptional or influential. But if he were to write my biography, he'd probably say something like this, John Harding was born March 25th, 1977 into a working class family in a northern pit mining town. That might be how he would start it. Now let's say I had four friends all writing my biography. Not that they would. I don't have that sort of status, but let's say they did. They all might write something very similar to each other. Unless one of my friends, the creative, poetic, mystical, abstract, a little bit weird one, you know who you are, unless that friend took a completely different approach. Totally true, as true as the other biographies, but different, unexpected, a little bit left of field. And that's like John's gospel. Matthew, Mark and Luke all write pretty similar biographies of the life of Jesus. Matthew starts with Jesus's genealogy, his family tree, and he traces Jesus's origins back to Abraham, the father of Judaism, to show that Jesus is the promised Jewish Messiah, the long awaited king to follow David. Mark starts his biography of Jesus with an ancient prophecy from Isaiah to show how uh, John the Baptist would prepare the way for the coming king, for Jesus. Luke, a doctor, starts his biography of Jesus listing his research, his methodology, who he's interviewed, how he's done a thorough investigation. Luke, the methodical, scientific, precise one. And then John says using the language of Genesis chapter 1, the language of the creation of the world, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John's taking a completely different perspective and approach and chronology in writing about his friend Jesus. But don't miss the point. There are four Gospels, but actually there's only one Gospel, one fourfold Gospel, the most read biographies ever written. Why? No one's ever going to write my biography, but these four men put pen to paper because they had encountered the most remarkable, the most influential, the most important, unique person imaginable. They met Jesus. Jesus changed their lives. They wanted the world to know it. And so they recorded in their own words, in their own way, from their own perspective, the story of who Jesus was. And John, writing in the form of mystical Jewish poetry, he starts by saying, you know the creation of the world and you know how there was nothing, nothing but God. And you know how God spoke the word light and light came into the world. And you know how God spoke the word land and sea and sky and land, sea and sky came into being at the sound of the word. John's saying, I've come to realize and believe that that word in the beginning was a person and that person was Jesus Christ. Jesus was there before the beginning of time or space. He was with God the Father and God the Spirit because he was God. He was God the Word, 
speaking into being creation from nothing to something. And so through him, as we've read, all things were made. That's the revelation of Jesus that John wants to share with us. No wonder he wants to put pen to paper or papyrus. But before we write this off as some ancient myth and therefore irrelevant to our modern scientific world and our modern sophisticated understanding, I want you to see that John captures a deep and profound truth, one simply beyond the remit and limits even of modern science. The truth that he captures is this. Now there is something, there is matter, time, space, light, but once there was nothing. And for something to come from nothing, there needed to be something, someone outside of time and space, something distinct from matter and creation, something not physical, not contingent. And John calls that something Jesus, the pre-existent word, God. It's mind-blowing stuff, ancient cosmology that responds to modern scientific questions. People, many people in fact, reading John's biography of the life of Jesus, they can see that Jesus is special, unique, unlike any other person that has ever walked the face of this planet. But here in our reading, John explains why. He gives us the most compelling reason for why Jesus is so unique and it's this. Jesus always has been. Jesus always will be. He is distinct, superior to above and beyond the created order, above and beyond matter, light, time and space, all that stuff around you, the screen that you're watching or holding, uh, the seat that you are sat on, the body that you are inhabiting, the time that is passing as I speak, the space that you're occupying, all of that once was not. And all of it was ceased to be. But Jesus is outside of that. He was before all of that. The word in the beginning, the uncaused cause, the unmoved mover. And John is saying to us, you know, uh, why the life of Jesus is so unique, so different, so captivating, so life changing? Well, for this reason, the life of Jesus on earth is the story of what happens, what you get when you take a pre-existent creator God who wraps himself in human flesh and blood, human matter and limits himself to what? 33 years in human years walking upon the face of this planet, literally from the highest heaven to the lowest physical place on earth. John is going to go on to say the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. No wonder 2000 years later, we are still captivated by this Jesus. We're still talking about him. We're still encountering him. We're still being transformed by him. This is the Jesus that John is introducing to us in his biography, John 1. I wonder, have you encountered this Jesus? John goes on to say that this Jesus, the pre-existent creating word, this Jesus, in him was life. Now, how should we understand that? What does that mean when we read that in Jesus was a life? Well, let me say right off the bat here that it's a statement bigger than our understanding. It's sort of beyond me, us. But when we grasp around for some meaning and when we try and make sense of it, we're going to land on some thoughts that are some of the most powerful ideas we will ever explore. We're going to be answering, responding to some questions that are some of the most important questions that we will ever ask, like... How do we find real life? How do we really live this life that we have? How can we embrace and experience more life, a better quality of life? We will find the answer to life, not in more education or more information, not in uh, uh, the right type of relationship with another person or through more experiences or some sort of philosophy or theory. John says, no, no, life is found 
in Jesus. Jesus, the pre-existent word who spoke matter and time and space into being. The one ultimately responsible for creating you. John says, in him was life. In Jesus, we find life. Now, on one level, that's saying, well, we tend to think of the physical matter, atoms, elements, protons, this primordial suit. We tend to think of matter developing into life. But John writing 2000 years ago, he says, no, it doesn't work like that. It's the other way around. It's life leading to matter. The only reason that we have something rather than nothing, the only reason that that something is ordered, not chaotic, the only reason we have life is because Jesus, the word, was there in the beginning, orchestrating it all. And so that's why as a Christian, I am absolutely convinced of this one truth more than anything else, that when you find Jesus, you find life. When you encounter Jesus, you encounter life. In Jesus is life. And because Jesus is the source and origin and author of life, that means you're always going to lack a sense of being truly alive apart from Jesus, the author of life. Our reading from John 1 ends with these words. Jesus was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his, his own people, but they didn't receive him. Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus, the pre-existent God, the one who spoke and brought forth something from nothing. Jesus came into this world. But as amazing as that is, it wasn't immediately obvious. Not everyone could see Jesus for who he really was. Some overlooked him. Some rejected him. Some re uh, reacted so badly, so negatively that they had him killed, crucified. As if you could ever really kill the word made flesh in whom was all life. But that is what they did. At least he allowed them to take his life from him for three whole days. His own people, the Jewish people, did not receive him. They rejected him. But then we read these incredible words. Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's how we get life. That's how we experience real life. I'm talking about real life, quality life, life that lifts us up out the rat race, life that gives meaning and dignity and purpose. We get that sort of life by receiving Jesus and believing in Jesus. Receive Jesus, the source of life. Believe in Jesus, the source of life. And something's going to happen. The, the only way John, the author of this biography, can describe it is he says it's like this. So when you receive Jesus, when you believe in Jesus, you get born into God's family. We truly become children of God. And so the life that flowed through Jesus's veins becomes the life flowing through ours. We share in his nature because we are his children. Jesus existed before and separate to time, matter and space. And he spoke those things into being. He's a source of life. So receive him. Believe in him. And in doing so, you will find his life. I often say to Christians that how you see God, how you behold God radically impacts how you believe and how you behave. Behold, believe, behave. Get your beholding right. Get your gaze right. Get your vision right. And you'll find you start to live in a transformed way. Well, John had a vision, a revelation an experience of who Jesus really was. It's 
a little bit bigger than some of us tend to think of Jesus and we reduce him down. Get a bigger vision of Jesus, the pre-existent word, the one in whom there is all life and you will find that you experience more of his life and his power at work within you. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Eternal, oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. God is good, where is His grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith when fears arise? Who stands above the stormy trial? Who sends the waves that bring us nigh? Unto the shore, the rock of Christ Oh, sing hallelujah Our hope springs eternal Oh, sing hallelujah Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death the grave, what will we sing? Christ, He lives, Christ, He lives, and what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with Him, and we will rise to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in endless joy When Christ is ours forevermore Oh, sing hallelujah Our hope springs eternal Oh, sing hallelujah Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death Christ our hope, I do like that song It's great, it's got a lot of, I believe a lot of truth in there So that talk was really good, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of things to unpack. Um, a lot of questions. Is before we sort of go into it, is there anything that sort of jumped out to you guys? I, I really like. Um, I like the message uh, version of the Bible done by Eugene Peterson, and uh, a couple of phrases stand out in his that passage from from the translation of the message uh, in verse four, 4 and 5 it says what came into existence was life and the life was light to live by 
The light, the life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. The life light was the real thing and it sort of brings it to brings it to life a bit. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It blazed out. Yes. Yeah. Actually, anything... while I was listening, well, while I was listening to this, there's a song that particularly resonates for me with this, which is "This is the air I breathe." This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me, and it's that whole thing about that we're breathing that life in, you know, and that's God's presence, and it's your daily bread. It's everything. It's how it's how you exist, if you like. Yeah. And um, I think um, when I was hearing this, I was thinking about just breathing in life. Um, as 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 Jesus is, you know, being breathed into us, so we live out life. It's 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 wonderful, really, that idea of pre-existence as well. You know, that whole thing of where it all came from. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 I like that. That this this thing that John brings out that before was nothing, only God. You know, before time before science before before anything he he spoke the the word was there just like aching to come out and then it it came forth and um and we have creation we had jesus that word yeah and and i guess then it's not just a some sort of metaphysical thing like um I don't know, we sometimes come across something called the infinite mon monkey cage on Radio 4, and it's a whole load of um, uh, astrophysicists and, and scientists. And you think, what are they talking about? It doesn't make any sense. And it's sort of vaguely interesting, but you think, is this really relevant to me? Yes. But, but, it, but again, what, what, <clears throat> what we read in John is, um, what came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. So, so it has that relevance to us and, and he goes on in again in the message um talking about becoming children of god and again he uses the phrase um but whoever did want him who believed he was who he claimed to be and would do what he said he he made to be their true selves yeah. their child of god selves mm -hmm. and and it's that concept of I, I guess it isn't this sort of irrelevant thing over here that's a nice theory about physics and particles um it, it isn't something that's being imposed on us by god and we're, we're not being put into a sort of straight a religious straitjacket mm. but, but rather there's a sense of release that we're, we're designed to be our true selves and um god jesus the light of the world coming into the world allows us to be um our true selves, our child of God selves, mm. you know, which which actually is mm. there. Therein is release. Therein is, um, you know, fulfilment and and happiness in its in its deepest sense. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense if if we're to believe this that God was before everything, created everything, then it would be yeah. for us. We would be at rest in Him, wouldn't we? Because that's what we were this whole creation is about that's what we were we were for um mm. yeah we can like you, you said we can do all this thinking and metaphysical stuff and and going off and it's great to think and to to delve deeper into stuff and to look into all the details but as that essence of of who we are and who who god is um and it, mm. yeah i like to um, i so two bits that sort of link in to this so john when he was talking at the beginning saying about um, john's gospel was more of a um he he starts off like this talking about the life and light of god whereas luke's gospel he's very detailed so this happened and this happened um and apparently i didn't know this before um i heard another talk um but there's, they often put different symbols with the Gospels and the symbol of John's Gospel is an eagle because it's more okay. of a looking over things. Um, but it's not on, on the way to the church I went to this morning and had the radio on and they had the song, um, uh, uh, oh, 
gone out of my head. Um, God is looking down on us, looking over us um, at a distance. And I thought, no, I, d- I don't agree with that. So an eagle might be up there looking down, but it's got good eyesight. He <laughs> can see right down. So I like that, that, that John was gives this overview of things, but he gets into the, 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 the details as well. Um, I've got a few um, questions here. Um, so John, John, just, just go on. Sorry, Dan, yeah. just to, to pick up that overview of the eagle, that the next verse in John 14 in the message, um, it's that combination, that overview that John gives us, but then it says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And it's that extraordinary collision, whatever yeah. of the, the, the metaphysical uh, gods out there yet coming onto the earth in physical form and moving into the neighborhood. Yeah. And, yeah. and can still do that today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I, no, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, not just not just out there looking down and going, oh, you know, it gets involved, yes, yeah. Um, John talks, John, Pastor John, this is getting confusing, talking about John's gospel, um, talks about the life and life of God and being alive in Jesus and only being alive in Jesus. How, what, what, do, you, what do you say to that, that? Do you believe there's only life in Jesus? I mean, we're alive what do you think he means by that? <laughs> to me, I think that's about, I think that's about recognition of who we are because of our creation, it, you know, because God created us. And I think if you don't, if you don't link up with that, if you don't accept that, I mean, it's what John says in that gospel, but you somehow have something missing that you could be just, you know, you're just flesh and bones and that the bit of you that is the created bit, the bit of you that is breathly, breath breathed into you um, and acknowledging that doesn't really make you complete unless you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the book of, so in, in the fictional book, Narnia, when Aslan creates Narnia, he sings a he sings a, a note, and the note is a breath, if you like. It's a la, you know, and you sing it, and then. But everything started to become life with the sound of the of the note, hmm. and I, I found that a really good example of where that life growing, developing, and becoming everything it should be was dependent on acknowledging that you came from that that one place. Um, so no matter what time we were born in, whether we were born right at the beginning, we were Adam, we were Eve, or whether we're born now, that first time we take it, you know, that, that moment of breath, that moment of living, um, acknowledge it. If you acknowledge where it's come from, makes you more complete. Mm. And I think without that acknowledgement, you're perhaps still a little bit living in a mystery world, a world that doesn't make sense. Um, but that's that's what it means to me, and other people may not get that from it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, again in the message it says he, he made us to be our true selves, yeah. our child of God selves, not not God. Be, we are God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten, and there's. That, that sense of that is the way of things. I, yeah. I mean, clearly it's not very popular, is it, in, in modern society? Um, that, that exclusivity in particular mm. is, is not, not popular in modern society where it's, it's very much more, um, you know... Do, science. Do, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> science or do your own thing, provided it doesn't hurt someone. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. As long as it's... Yeah. Do what's yeah. do what's good for you. Um, yeah. There's no sort of fixed um, fixed morals isn't the right word, but no fixed line is there. And we're actually this. Yeah. Well, John is saying here there is a fixed line. The word was made flesh. This there is only one word. There wasn't another one. Um, yeah. This is it, which makes to us 
who who know this Jesus that makes sense that we can we can mm. and rest in that. Um, if you're listening to this and you just think, what on earth are these people on about? Then, um, well, keep keep reading, keep reading on. We'll be going through these in the next uh, few weeks, but you can um, jump ahead and just and find out that John said something as well. He said we're still talking about this two thousand years on, and I think that has got to mean something that it's not um, stories that have just uh, you know gone the, into the mist of time. This is still yes. people talking about it, living it, seeing it yeah. transform their lives. Yeah. And I suppose you could say, as John has pointed out, that all of the Gospels are the history, if you like, done from different perspectives. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a much more sort of hard-edged type um, analyst, if you like, in your mind, you like to have things a bit more cut and dried, John is, 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 is more of the poet's person, you know, mm. um, but Luke is the doctor, you know, and um, Mark probably was around, you know, related to the, a lot of stuff that happened at the time. And these are people that knew Jesus, you know, they knew who he was. Yeah. And those histories are all valid. They're just different emphasis, maybe, mm. or a different way of looking at things. So I would urge, if you find John difficult, although I find it beautiful and quite um you know uh, the imagery is lovely um and the knowledge is amazing that idea you know that thought that this was before everything you know it's mind-blowing mm. but if you if you want to read the other gospels as well they do complement each other mm. they bring yeah. out the best in all of this this, yeah. this knowledge it's great mm. it's great we've got these four accounts that all all link in some pick up um different stories and pick up the same story from different angles um yeah. not something not something that perhaps not impossible for someone to have written this and concocted this story but very very difficult um you know it's it's complex and and all uh, woven together yeah and, and still as you said lives transformed both both lives transformed back then by in in the disciples and the and the early converts, mm. um, most of whom went to their death for, for the sake of what they were saying. Yeah, yes. but but also now their lives being transformed Changed. and mm. um, you know pe lots of people know Amazing Grace. You know, I'm, I mean John Newton was a was a slaver who, who 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 again his life was transformed and written one of the most uh, famous popular hymns, but. Mm. The source of that was it, it wasn't just that he somehow became a nice guy when he wasn't a nice guy. Actually, very much the source is is this God-given life, which is was transformative and yeah. Yeah. and is transformative. Yeah, yes. yeah. Someone yeah. I was at um, a do with some some work friends on um, last week, and the guy sat next to me said, we "We're just talking about." Um, God and Christianity because he knows that's what I believe um, and he said is it is it a just a list of rules and I, I said no it's, it's it's something that comes and changes us transforms us I said I wouldn't be I know I wouldn't be this person without God he has changed me yeah. from the inside it's it's yeah I think that's why well yeah why we're still talking about these events 2,000 years on yeah. because it, everyone that talks about it gets to know this Jesus and gets to know you can be changed, transformed, yeah. And, and I think sometimes people looking looking in from the outside, uh, I think that about some of our friends and, and perhaps some of our, our kids as well, actually, they, they sort of like some of who we are and what we are and what we do and what we stand for. But, but sort of either fail to see or don't want the source of it all. Yeah. Um, so quite like, ooh, these bits are quite nice, but then aren't quite so keen in, in embracing or understanding that that only arises from from this life within us, from God, from from Jesus. Yeah. You know, and it, it, without that, you don't you don't have the other bit without that. You know. Yeah. 
Uh, and and indeed, maybe maybe the whole country is falling into that trap. To be honest, you know. Yeah. Mm. And a question that John Harding broached. Well, I I heard him talk at a um, church this morning, but he one of his, his sort of title, if you like, was "How big is your vision of Jesus?" And what was really kind of striking to me, and you know, we can learn new things every day, can't we? We can read the same piece of scripture, we could open John and read it tomorrow and think something different or get something different, unusual, remarkable out of it another day, you know. Um, but what struck me was that, you know, if you just take Jesus the man as he lived on earth and you, you read the Gospels and you read what he did um, and you don't know the beginning of John and you don't know that he was there before, he's part of your creation, our creation, the world's creation, you've maybe just missed a moment. You've missed a, a chance to, to know that when you depend on this man, Jesus, who died for us, that you're talking about somebody that was there before the world began, mm -hmm. that has such power to start the world, to breathe the world into life uh, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And you're missing a trick almost if you don't get that this is so much bigger than the man's life on on yes. earth yeah you know it's yeah. so much more than that my vision sometimes i put god and jesus into a box i do i do you know i think oh you know if i don't do the right things somehow god won't be as big as he could be mm. or and and it's just so limiting and it's exciting to know that my vision can be just so much more yeah. if I just grasp that truth. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, Matt's put it in the in the comments. He's put Jesus is fleshy, so we've got this mm. God that is outside of time, that was there before anything was, the God that created us, the God that will come and roll this world up and take us outside of time to be with him if we know him but then that same God came as Jesus to be fleshy to be on that world that he created and to allow himself to be to be beaten to and to be crucified the yeah you don't get yeah it's the best story ever isn't it You've got the, the, the God that is above everything and the, that same God that came and spoke and had these eyewitnesses, John, that said, that, that wrote down these things so we can, we can just catch glimpses of what it must have been like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess then how, how that applies to other areas, I was... Um, you know, it says what came into existence was life, and the life was life. Life was light to live by. Um, I was at a, a conference yesterday of Christian healthcare leaders, um, and actually, one of the questions asked was, you know, do Christian healthcare leaders have something special that they bring to the party, or are there lots of talented leaders? You know, which clearly there are, but but actually, when you look at Jesus's teaching. It is so countercultural now, and so countercultural for the NHS. I, I, you know, when you get into it and start looking at, starkly so. You know, and um, much of the NHS is in a grey area of not quite saying yes, not quite saying no. And then you hear Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount saying, um, "Let your yes be yes, let your no be no." You know, embellishing your speech doesn't with all the latest fancy acronyms doesn't doesn't make it true and 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 actually in a conversation with a with a colleague you know people are worried about the nhs currently and and actually he said well you know the answer is god you know and 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 he said it was such conviction and and such you know that that is the answer you know and and actually that that life comes into us as individuals and then there's very much a sense in which as we go out to wherever we go out Monday to Friday or in our neighbourhoods or wherever it is, then that life 
comes with us and that life can, I guess, through us, energize and change the the organizations, the workplaces, the neighborhoods, the cultures of mm. of where we are and that so the light then becomes not just uh, a personal thing but something for an organization, a, a, a company, whatever and for society and, and, and if you lose some of that actually you see the difference as well you know yeah yeah it yeah it, affect, it affects all of us doesn't it? it affects our yeah our daily life i was talking to i think it might be my my son um just about uh about god and about the fact that we can we can look to other people we can see what god's done in them we can read um the gospels we can see what god did uh, you know on on paper what he did um to the lives of the the people in the early church but we can go straight to him as well we don't have to go through a structure or we don't have to just read about god we can believe in him and we can know him we can go direct to that word to that life we can know that light and he just ask him, ask him to to shine on us and through us and, and highlight things that we're we're struggling with. Um, as as Crowd Church, we do um, we have this online presence, but then we also meet as well um, to pray in the week. If if you've got speaking speaking out there, if anyone out there that. Would love would like us to pray for them then please just send um, your message in I might be able to press a button now let's see if this works oh look at that <laughs> I got a button right um, if you visit there or Instagram um, you can just send a private message in we'd love to pray for you if you just if you want to know more about Jesus if you're sick if you've got uh, any any worries then please just let us know because we'd be it'd be our privilege to pray for you and we'd love to pray for you there we go yeah um we're we're getting close to the end of today's i want to say service but it's not really a service is it um live stream it's called a live stream um so we've got some more of this series coming up and we've got Matt who normally hosts who's a lot more on top of things than I am um, and he's, he's going to be hosting next week and he's going to be doing the talk as well so I'm looking forward to that on grace and truth and following on from John's gospel so you, if you want to um, get a read on and and look look forward and see what's going to be happening next week then then read up and um, send any questions in advance so we can we can have a look at them and uh, an answer. Um, before we finish, is there anything else you'd you two like to say? Thanks so much for for coming on and and giving your your great wisdom. Much appreciated. I, no, I guess it, just it is a challenge, isn't it? That that big vision of God who is just you know as important and intimate and part of us sort of whether we like it or not as 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 the air we breathe and that with um you know without that we're we're missing out on mm. on something yeah we're missing out on something our, our workplace our neighborhood is missing out on something you know great britain is missing out on something and um i i suppose we're you know we're, we're particularly aware of that this weekend we're, as we mourn the, the Queen's death, and and she, she so clearly embodies what we're talking about today—that mm -hmm. you know, she had that life and that light within her, and the and the source of who she was, and her steadiness and her service, and um, how she did things, um, you know, is so apparent, and mm -hmm. so many little stories coming out where she's met with people and has just seen, you know, she hasn't been the high and mighty queen, but has seen 
a need that that individual has and has absolutely spoken into it or remembered something or sent a letter afterwards or um, yeah, lots of little things. yeah mm. and um, mm. just reading a, a story today and um, uh, of a, there's a war surgeon called David Knott who uh, was invited to the palace and found himself sitting next to the Queen but he'd just come back from Aleppo in Syria and, and, and actually was was in the midst of post-traumatic Tra stress yeah, really um, yeah. and, and apparently the Queen spends half the meal talking to one side and half the meal talking to the other side and um, uh, so she talked to the other person and turned around to, to this guy David Knott and started conversation of sort of where have you been and and he, he could barely talk because he mm. was thinking, I've just seen all these destroyed buildings and blown up children and I'm in these opulent things. And and, and the, the Queen picked up on that and uh, called over um, or, or had a little box of dog biscuits. Handed to it by and, one of the staff. Yeah, and, and then passed them over to, to this surgeon and I had one myself, I think, and, and picked out the, the dog, the dog whistle, and said, oh, these are the corgis. And we started feeding the corgis under the, the table, table and said, um, oh, it's, it, it's sort of so much easier just feeding the animals rather than chatting all the time, isn't it? But it's just that mm -hmm. sense of how she picked up it, you know, she cared, mm. she showed him grace, she showed him love, and how, how the light and the life John's talking about here, 2,000 years later, is the fuel that fueled our own monarch. Yeah. And, and how, that, how that in itself came out in these very touching, caring little stories as, mm. well, as, the, as well as the big stuff. So, yeah. 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 Gee, there's not many people you can, that, that you don't know and you can hear stories of but you do um, realise that she did know this Jesus didn't she she yeah, did know yeah. that she was going to be with her her saviour yeah. yeah with her king now yeah, yeah. absolutely thank you very much and thanks everyone for thank tuning thank in thanks um, and we'll see you all next week yeah that's great thank you thanks everyone thanks. good night have a good evening